For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bingo podcast with yours truly, Solomon Wilcox, right here on Bally Sports Ohio. And right now I'm joined by the host of Locked on Bingos, James Rapine, joining us on the show today. James, how you doing? I'm doing well, Solomon. How are you? Hey, doing great. And look, um, when it comes to preseason games, the last thing we're paying attention to is the final score. That's not what really matters here. But when I look at the second team offense, I see 14 possessions, zero touchdowns, five punts and two interceptions. What are we to make of this? And what are the coaches saying about maybe the offense without Joe Burrow and maybe some of the individual performances? We certainly know exactly uh, what this offense can look like without their their starters and the stars, right? T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, those guys are valuable, which we knew already. But yeah. that I think that game on Friday night was certainly a reminder. You know, I, I think that like any preseason game, they like some of what they saw, even on offense. And you're right, they didn't move the ball well. It certainly wasn't consistent. But naturally, when you're like, like for example, the quarterback battle. It's tough when you look at what Jake Browning did versus Trevor Simeon because you have so many guys rotating in and out. And so I think it's almost it's it's really challenging for anyone to to look at it from a team perspective and go that route when you have guys rotating in in the first and second quarter. Heck, Jackson Carmen came back in in the fourth quarter. And so I think it's more of an individual basis, maybe position by position, more so than, man, the offense was terrible. Now, it was bad and they did struggle but I think it's more, it's easier to, to evaluate it from an individual standpoint than just looking at each unit. What, what did you see? Uh, because look, I think the starting offensive line, I think we're solidified there. There's no doubt about it. This is going to be probably the, if they're healthy, it's going to be the Bengals best offensive line, maybe in the last half decade, but we are looking for a few good men uh, in terms of the backups. What kind of depth are we going to have on this offensive line? Uh, Carmen Jackson struggled later. Um, I thought Deontay Smith did a really good job. Max Sharping uh, had some meaningful moments. Trey Hill, of course, he's moving around from center to guard. Um, what are the coaches mm -hmm. saying about the depth on this offensive line right now? That it's the best depth they've had since they got here in 2019. And I think by far that's the case because mm -hmm. you look at it and there's never been a training camp where we've said, Oh, well, the, the offensive line is solidified. It was the conversation. Oh, if, if this guy emerges or that guy does, or maybe this veteran can emerge or Jackson Carmen, certainly the past couple of years has been that guy where we've looked at him at different potential starting spots and he's lost those battles. And mm -hmm. this year they do have a starting five. And so the guys behind them, it's really interesting. A lot of them have played. Akeem Adeniji has played meaningful snaps. Jackson Carmen played in the AFC championship game and in Buffalo in the divisional round in January, obviously he played at times as a rookie as well. So it's a really good spot to be in. They still have Lyle Collins 
that's he's on the pup list right now. I watched him work out earlier this week, and I think he's getting closer and closer. Probably sure. starts the season on the pup list, but what a nice piece to have in that offensive line room. So that's the battle now is over these next two preseason games, which young guy can emerge as maybe that swing tackle behind Orlando Brown Jr. and Jonah Williams? Is it Jackson Carmen? Is it Deontay Smith? And then on the interior, right, Max Sharping taking snaps at center, Trey Hill trying to show that he's valuable at guard. These backup spots are, there aren't many available. And, and these guys are battling for the final few spots on this roster. Look, we all know the offensive line is only going to go, or I should say the offense is only going to go as far as the offensive line will take them. And I think on the defensive side, after losing guys like Jesse Bates and Von Bill, that experience and depth uh, at the safety position, uh, we all came into this training camp saying, whoa, we need some young guys to step it up. And it looks like they're doing just that. I saw some plays in that first preseason game against the Packers that made me smile. I know Lou Anaromo had, had to be smiling. Uh, kind of give us an update on some of the depth that's emerging in that secondary. And boy, is it needed. No doubt it is needed. And let's start at safety because I think nationally safety losing Bates and Bell has been the spot that a lot of people have focused on. Will the Bengals defense be able to overcome it? And anytime you lose players like that, you're going to take a bit of a step back because they're established playmakers in the experience that they have in this league. That said, I think that Dax Hill did exactly what I expected him to do and continues to develop. He's this versatile piece where you can move him around. He obviously made a, a nice play against Christian Watson playing that deep safety role. We've seen Nick Scott in camp play that role for most uh, of the practices. And so it just shows Dax Hill's versatility. Jordan Battle, who I know you've interviewed and chatted with, he's uh, he's kind of settling into that third spot. Oh, wait, not so fast. Tyson Anderson <laughs> with a pick six and two interceptions. I, I think the depth in that safety room is much better than people realize. They're young, athletic, versatile. And the same thing goes for that cornerback room. DJ Turner, the second, and I know he was a second round pick, but he has exceeded my expectations. His ball skills, he, he just does not panic when the ball's in the air, whether he's facing Jamar Chase or he's facing a, a rookie and Andre Yosevash. He treats it the mm -hmm. same and has shown great ball skills. DJ Ivy, the seventh rounder out of Miami, has impressed thus far. And guys like Alan George, Ivy, there are guys on the back end of that cornerback room that, that are going to probably not make the team and it stinks, but there's just not many spots available because you have uh, a woozie cam Taylor Britt, who's been great in year yeah. two so far throughout camp. It's a, it's a, a fun secondary for sure. It's what you want. You want competition um, and you want maybe some players coming out of an area. Maybe you didn't see it coming, but wow. When they catch your eye and impress like a Tyson Anderson, there's a guy that uh, runs a 4-3-40 as a bigger safety, and he has some versatility. But speed on the back end, as you well know, is a priority in Lou Anaromo's defense. We saw that in the range from Dax Hill. And so now the versatility with multiple players on the back end. It's a crowded room, and they're going to have some tough decisions to make when it's time to cut down uh, to the final guys. Talk to me about some of the depth and maybe some of the players that we saw emerge on this defensive line. I thought Dominique Davis uh, made a statement for himself. Uh, just kind of help us to understand some of the um, battles that's taking place on the defensive line, also contributing to great depth. 
No doubt. Dominique Davis certainly emerged. He was a big part of that interception that Tyson Anderson had the 43 yard pick six pressured Sean Clifford and was able to, to make him uncomfortable and force that throw a bit, but Zachary Carter in year two, I think they've enjoyed what they've seen from him. Obviously you look at where they're at defensive line wise, and they'd love for him to slide into that three tech pass rush type role on the interior. But the guy that stood out to me most is Jay Tufele. And I talked to Lou Anarumo about him on uh, after the game on Friday night. And he said, he's a gamer. He might not necessarily do everything I love on the practice field, yeah. but when the lights come on, he shines. And I would much rather that than the other way. And so I think he's going to be a big part of this defensive line. And, and some might've had him on the bubble coming into camp, but the way he looked on Friday night and the way Lou Anarumo praised him, I think he's going to make this team. So you look at it, guys like Raymond Johnson, the third, and uh, you know, th there are a few other guys in that room that could be on the outside looking in that have flashed at times, but with Davis and Tufele kind of being your back end defensive tackles, yeah. it, it's another deep room. I, I really think in, in the theme has been how deep and how much depth they have. This is the deepest Bengals team that I've covered. It's one of the deepest teams that I've seen in all the years that I've been around uh, the franchise. Uh, obviously, the starters are well solidified. They needed some questions answered at the safety position, and they're answered early. You can check off the box. I feel very comfortable with Nick Scott. I feel equally as comfortable uh, with Dax Hill filling in. Um, and I love Cam Taylor-Britt. This guy's are all right. He's a smart, heady player with great feel, but great physicality at the corner position, just like Chidi Awuzie, uh, very physical as well. Both guys are going to grade out very high. Let's walk through our rookie report. I'm going to name each guy. Just give me maybe one quick line from maybe what you saw in that week one preseason or early in training camp, starting with Miles Murphy. Certainly has the traits, has the ability. You just needed to translate a little bit more as a pass rusher. So he's working through it a bit, but that's to be expected. Yeah, Lou Anaromo said that he just needs to see a little more energy, right? That, mm -hmm. And that just tells you when you're a young player, uh, we've all been there, you're thinking maybe a little bit too much, still trying to figure it out. But once that light comes on, now you can go um, real fast. You can be much more explosive at the point of attack. Uh, DJ Turner. Love his ball skills, like I said, in, in the speed. The speed part of it, he doesn't panic because he trusts his speed against anyone and he is uh, he's a nice piece. He's been getting a lot of reps against Jamar Chase, which is only going to help him. Yeah. Third round pick, safety, Jordan Battle. Well, he was dealing with an injury a bit, but I, I thought he was able to bounce back and play on Friday night and make some plays. Had a pet pass breakup, had a big hit, a tackle for loss. So I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, he certainly will. Uh, how about we didn't see much of Charlie Jones, the fourth round pick out of Purdue. I loved what I've seen from him in camp. Great route runner. I think he's going to be Joe Burrow's best friend eventually. They obviously haven't practiced together much yet, but he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, and, and I thought it, it was pretty noticeable on Friday night. So hopefully that shoulder gets better ahead of this week's game in Atlanta. Yeah, I know people are going to look at the yards per carry next to Chase Brown, but I love him as the check down option coming out of the backfield where if he can make people miss – um, and move the chains. I think that's going to be an uptick in the offense. What are you seeing from the running back fifth round pick, Chase Brown? Speed. I, I love his work ethic. I think he has the right attitude and approach. 
the magical question or the big question when it comes to the the running back room in general, who's going to emerge as that pass blocking back. And, uh, and Brown is certainly in that mix. I hope I get the name right because everyone sort of has their own take on Andre Yosivas, right? From Princeton, the six round pick, big rangy, huge pass catching radius. This young man has, I think just a really good feel for the game. Um, and he's always making plays. When the play's over, he's got the ball in his hands, and the defensive back is frustrated. He coming in, you just assumed coming from Princeton, he would be raw. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say as a route runner, he's still learning the, the NFL route tree and all of those things. Yeah. But he's got good instincts. Yeah. And it's it's translating. The talent's translating his instincts and his ball skills. I mean, he's been able to go up against DJ Turner as good of a, a campus Turner has had. He's been able to make plays against some of these bigger corners too, DJ Ivy, some of these other guys. So mm -hmm. I, I like what he's done in camp and maybe he can be a contributor on offense sooner rather than later. Brad Robbins got a punt in this game. I, I know mm -hmm. Drew Chrisman was out. For, how about Robbins? Is, is this an upgrade? And obviously you have to not only be able to punt it, but you got to factor in, um, other places on special teams. No doubt. I, I get the the same feeling I did a few years ago when they drafted Evan McPherson and you watched him kick yeah. in practice. It's the same thing with Brad Robbins, the way the, the sound of, of his foot in, in the ball coming off of his foot. I think that he's going to be um, the, the best punter they've had in recent years. And certainly during this two year window. And it's reasonable to expect that he obviously played at Michigan. So he's used to the elements. I yeah. think he's going to be just fine. I think people need to think about it. It's really about him targeting on the angle kicks with tremendous yep. hang time. The guy can pin you on the sideline as good as any, but with great hang time, no more punts right down the middle of the field like a line drive. <laughs> right, James? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, let, let's avoid any any line drives. You're not Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, DJ Ivy, uh, when you yeah. see him as a seventh-round pick, that's not what comes to mind. Highly competitive. He's got great physicality. Um, I know it's a long shot to stick, but he's turning some heads. Um, but there's, I think it's going to be tough to let him out of the building. Yeah, I agree. I think he has the length, the size that, that you look for. He's, he's bigger than his measurables almost like in person. He looks bigger. I think he plays bigger. Yeah. And, and so we'll see, but I think he's forcing their hand a bit and it, it's tough because if he makes plays in these next two preseason games, the other 31 NFL teams see that as well. Yeah. And, and you're going to have to make a decision, but he's, he's certainly emerged as a factor and could make the team, which any seventh rounder with this type of depth, that's tough to do, but he's close to doing it. I want to go back to Tyson Anderson coming into his second mm -hmm. season. That's when we expect uh, the biggest jump for many NFL players. Uh, he was injured last year doing his rookie campaign. Didn't get on the field a whole heck of a lot. And then in an off season, when you go out and you sign a safety and free agency in Nick Scott, and you draft uh, at a high position, another safety in Jordan battle, one could have maybe um, believed that Anderson would be an afterthought. Not now. So tell me what has changed and in what way has this kind of forced the Bengals coaching staff to shuffle the deck where I got to believe he's going to be an early call um, every single week he's going to find a spot on the field I think I love his approach I'll put it that way and, and I I tried to build a, a relationship with him last year and last year was tough on him and he 
state about as positive as someone could could stay being a rookie and not even being allowed to practice because he was on injured reserve. Even by the time he was fully healthy and ready to go, he couldn't practice because he was still uh, on IR. So it, he made it through that, had a really good offseason. And then after the draft, I agree. When we went to the OTAs in, in the offseason program, I kind of wondered like, okay, they added Nick Scott, your buddy Dax Hill is probably going to start. And then they draft Jordan Battle and he didn't blink, hasn't flinched. His locker is right next to Battles. And I think that they're they're all friends and get along well. And you can see he put the work in. And whether it's on special teams, whether it is on defense, which obviously he has the instincts to contribute on defense, I do think Tyson Anderson is not only going to make this team, but he is going to be a factor this season. Yeah, we're going to see him on Sunday. I mean, you yeah. you get your hands on the ball, James. Yep. I'm telling you right now, the coaches can't help but put you on the field. They, they, they've they no got doubt. to do it because you and I both know the turnovers come at a premium. Hey, we got to check in because I thought Joe Burrow looked really good throwing the ball around on Friday. I think he was sending a message for all who was watching. And I think what resonated with me, there's no way this guy's not going to be on that field when the Bengals – um, head to Cleveland week one for their regular season contest. You know the competitor that he is. And from looking mm-hmm. at him, um, I'm saying, okay, he's he's sending a message. What what was your takeaway from his workout? What did you see? Yeah, same thing. I, I wrote that for, for allbengals.com. That was the the column before the preseason game. I already, already had it up because yeah. he sees everything. I know these guys say they don't, but you know how it is with social media. I'm sure he saw the speculation and the reaction to Zach Taylor saying several weeks from several weeks, which isn't an update from Zach, but people kind of twisted it and made it an update. And so I think Joe said, I've been throwing. I know there's some cameras out there. Let's go through my normal pregame routine. And I I agree with you. I think he's going to be out there week one in a perfect world. I think he would start practicing about two weeks before the opener, not game week, but maybe a week prior to that. Yeah. Other than that, I think the coaching staff is going to try to take it slow because we know how these calf injuries can be, but he was at practice again this week without the the calf sleeve. There was no bruising from a distance. I saw him about 15 feet away. And so I, I think he's doing just fine. What are the concerns with, um, look, I don't, I don't think that we have to police up Joe Burrow. I think he knows what he needs to do to get himself ready to play. But we mm-hmm. do go back to last year, and you saw the yeah. um, uh, after the appendectomy surgery that kept him out of preseason, four interceptions in that week one contest against Pittsburgh. Um, he only had four games all of last season where he had multiple interceptions. But to have four in one game, that's so unlike a Joe Burrow. So how much is he going to need to be on the field leading up to that week one game? I think it'll just be a couple of weeks of practice. Last year was such a unique circumstance. He lost a ton of weight. And I'm not going to go guessing where he was physically, but he was noticeable. It was noticeable. And and you know when I noticed it? Months later when I went back on my phone to just get rid of videos and stuff, and I I looked at him and I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like this guy, he he just, he might have mentally been, been ready, but maybe physically a touch off and that hurt. The, the mental aspect of it because he didn't get those reps. I, no. I don't know exactly what it was, but clearly he wasn't the Joe Burrow we're used to. No. I expect that to to be different this year because he's, it's not like he lost weight. 
It's not like he's not lifting and working out. Obviously he's throwing. I think they're just going to to continue to limit him uh, from a, a calf standpoint and explosion out of the pocket, all of those yeah. things. And, and so I, I think there's a chance that he's 100% before the start of the season because they limit him now. So I expect him to be firing on all cylinders or close to it week one, because I know that's what he's going to expect of himself. And so if he expects that, I think we all should. Well, think about it. Uh, with the slow start, the Bengals got off to an 0-2 start yeah. last year and then went on to win, what, 13 of their next 15 games. It was just incredible the kind of run uh, that they went on. So to see them get off to a fast start, um, that's that's got to be scary for the rest of the AFC North and the AFC Conference in general. All right, let's look ahead, uh, James, to the Week 2 preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons. What can we expect? expect from this team what's the game plan when it comes to maybe seeing just more from some of those depth players that we talked about all eyes on the quarterback battle I think they're pretty much neck and neck for that backup quarterback spot Trevor Simeon will get the start this week all indications point to that so it's it's going to be interesting to see I don't think they're going to play any first uh first teamers despite that. And so it'll be an even playing field and you'll have a a week of Jake Browning in the first half, a week of Trevor Simeon in the first half, other areas that I'm watching, obviously the, the backup offensive line roles, who plays where Jackson Carmen was getting reps at left tackle this week. So we could see him there instead of right tackle, which is where he took all of his work up until that uh, Friday night game. And through that game, another thing is the, the third down running back battle. Will Travion Williams be able to suit up? He's dealing with an ankle injury. I thought he was the favorite to to win that role coming into camp just because he's been in the system. I think they trust him as a pass blocker, but he needs to show it. Meanwhile, Chris Evans is trying to make an impact. The rookie Chase Brown as well. So those are some areas that I I think could be solved or, or partially solved on Friday night. Chase Brown, just like most rookies, got a little bit confused with the blitz protection, right? Allowed a free runner to to kind of get in there. But when it comes to moving the chains now, he's special. Chris Evans is a guy that, you know, had a nice little run, read the blocks really well, was able to get to the next level. He always seems to shine when he mm-hmm. get an opportunity. So that's, I, I love what you're talking about. Some real competition in that backfield. There's no doubt about it. One guy that I'm, and you got to help me out here, James. Uh, we loved Hayden Hurst, right? We hated mm-hmm. to see him go. And now in comes Irv Smith Jr. with, I think maybe a little more athleticism, but tremendous talent that kind of catches you. I want to see more of Irv Smith Jr. What are you seeing over there on a day-to-day basis at practice? And when might we see that talent flash? I certainly think that that you can see that and you can see how he's going to be able to fit in this offense because he has that run-after-catch ability, that athleticism. And when you think about this offense, the tight end, is probably the fifth option in the passing game behind the three receivers and Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. And so I think he can fill that role at a high level, had a touchdown in the red zone in practice yesterday. And, and it's really about him mastering the offense, getting as comfortable as he can, yeah. because once Joe Burrow comes back, we know it, whether it was CJ Uzama a yeah. few years ago, whether yeah. it was Hayden Hurst last year, he likes throwing to the tight end. So I, I think That's Smith right. is ready for that challenge. Think about it, uh, to have that tight end position, because he's going to get a lot of single coverage. You're too busy as a defensive coordinator trying to stop Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase that the tight end is going to get single coverage. And to have a third down back 
that's operating in space, that defense is no way you can account for those other guys and try to stop the third down back coming out. It's going to be a lot of space to operate. This is going to be a fun offense to watch in the upcoming 2023 season. James Rapine joining us right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast, right here on Valley Sports Ohio. Thanks for joining me. And we got to have you on more often, okay? Sounds good to me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, James. All right. We'll be back with more after this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.